Escape from Plan A. Hey, welcome listeners. Uh, another episode of Escape from Plan A for you. I'm your host, Chris, here with Justin Teen. What's up, hey, guys? What's up? Better late than never, right? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Apologies yeah, to Yeah, we listeners. had a good one lined up, uh, but uh, the platform that we used uh, conked out. The weirdest so. thing is uh, Zencaster has almost never failed for me. And every time it does, I can retrieve my audio. But for whatever it is, every time anyone else uses it, it seems to mess up, which is... Very strange. Yeah, it's terrible. It's been very, very. Anyway, uh, that's not. We are trying to make up for not having put a podcast out on Sunday. Um, but good luck. Right. I'd say, I mean, good luck for us, right? Because uh, something, something juicy uh, for us to talk about today, right? Yeah, throw throwback to the olden days. Uh, it, it feels, in some ways, it is like 2018 again. A blockbuster Asian American movie hit the theaters in recent times. Uh, several of our ambassadors i suppose go go to the med gala and then uh this uh asian gender wars article hits one of the more mainstream liberal publication types and i don't know kind of uh you know in some ways i kind of miss those days so it's like for a day it kind of felt like yeah. that again although you know as, as the weird thing is we've been kind of leading up to this because the last couple of pods we did at least one bonus and one free we're talking about how this stuff's been kind of dying down and and then this hit so it, it was like a real flashback moment yeah, yeah. so the, it's a the blast from the past it is a blast from the past and in fact i think uh did, did aaron mack the so we're talking about in case like, we haven't even said what we're talking about uh we're talking about an article that was published today in slate uh called men's rights asians think this is their moment uh, they became notorious for trying to harass Asian women off the internet. The racial trauma of the past year has only emboldened them by Aaron Mack. It was published today, which is really interesting because I remember Aaron reached out to us. I think, Jess, did he reach out to you as well? Did you talk mm-hmm. to him? Yeah, yeah, we talked. Uh, yeah, we talked a couple of years ago. It's a while ago now. It was exactly, it was almost exactly two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. I have emails from September of uh, 2019. Yeah, I remember taking a break from work like during lunch and my office at the time was close to Central Park. So I was like pacing back and forth and I knew it was summer because it was, it was quite warm. I talked to Aaron for, you know, for some extended time and he wanted to, you know, find out other good people to talk to. So, you know, I went from there and then it, and it, and we thought it was like toast or, you know, people had lost interest. And I think people did uh, for a while and then weirdly it just comes out today yeah, yeah i mean there's I, i'm curious to see the to to uh i'm curious about that editorial process um i mean after covid and all of that i just assumed that um it was just dead in the water now but yeah I mean, it's no, a long it's, piece uh, <laughs> well a- one thing is that our, our asian identity which this thing centers around and sort of places at uh in the middle of i guess what you might call the asian masculinity uh ecosystem which is uh a term that i found in one of these uh um dissertations that is linked here uh our asian identity is very much alive and still kicking and still doing its asian identity kind of thing you know funnily enough the asian masculinity subreddit uh no mention of this article at all in their subreddit there's they're like talking about some 
some Russian movie. Uh, I think it's about like the Mongol invasion or something. Even the Asian American subreddit, uh, pretty subdued. It, 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 not not a lot of people seem to care that much. The only people who seem to really care is Asian identity. Uh, they're they're like, you know, it's hopping over there. But it it see it seems like it's just percolating among the same people. It's like Asian identity, and and really I think is what their counterparts are the the people who are always so obsessed who still continue to be obsessed with this topic and it's just them going back and forth living out the the yester wars of yesteryear yeah so i don't know i saw this uh i saw the article and then i went back and i looked at what i said to aaron in in sort of i knew he was going to write an article more or less like this because if you're going to publish it on slate you know it's going to come out this way right and it was an article that basically it was a weird article because as I'm reading through it, and it's a very long article, but he basically sort of takes some of the common themes in Asian identity and sort of restates them. And either I'm not picking up on what the problem is or <laughs> whatever, but I'm like, a lot of these themes are totally valid. I mean, you may not, there may be nuance to these themes. There, like, for example, uh, in talking about the differential treatment of anti-Asian racism within, like, mainstream media versus anti-black racism, right? That's a legitimate topic. I don't know why that's off limits. But, so as I'm reading this, it, it almost seems like there's a built-in critique to say, can you believe they're talking about this? And I'm like... Yeah, I can believe it. Why, why wouldn't they talk about it? Like, <laughs> what, is, what exactly is the problem? Uh, and uh, I think that's where the article f seemed to really become kind of a problem for me. Because I'm like, you're not really criticizing our Asian identity in a real way. What, what he's doing is painting a picture of sexually frustrated, marginalized Asian men uh, who are upset about their sad lot in life and their inability to access sex and that that is the fundamental uh organizing principle of mr asians or mr asians and that basically all of the things that they're talking about stem from their failure to get women and i and i think that thus this incel discussion and i'm like is this a healthy discussion to have? Is that a, is that a healthy way of framing things to be like, uh, I think that the problem with you all is that you're just not getting enough pussy. That's, that's what it really, am I wrong in thinking this, but I don't know. Well, I mean, also, if I may just yeah. interject, I just want to say how lame MR Asian is. It's so uncreative. Come on guys. You know, I, I was looking through like the, the slate comments and people were drawing parallels to hoteps. At least that's, that's kind of like a cool, interesting name. Like MRA, it's, it's, it's just lame. I think it's just yet another symptom of the diseased Asian American mind. But Jess, go ahead, please. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's, uh, uh, I don't know. It's just such a blast from the past. We've, I think we've gone, we've, we've gone so much further just in society uh, and even just specifically to, in Asian American issues. So this, it's been kind of hard to kind of like yank my mind back to like the halcyon days of 2017 uh, <laughs> when the biggest topic. Just did it bring back memories of us uh, being like 
John Kelly and Kellyanne Conway trying to pry Teen off of Twitter like he's Trump. Like, yeah. Teen, don't tweet that. Yeah. Like, Teen. Oh, good old days. No. You're going to get you're gonna get the newspaper again if you keep tweeting like this shit. No. Uh, the no, the good, the like, good old days. Simpler it, days, honestly. Okay, so, is, but it, the, it the thing that I want to say, like, they're not... Uh, my, my problem here is, um, okay, they're actually making a pretty big statement here, right? They're, they're, I, he's diagnosing a, he's diagnosing a problem. It's a serious one. He's, uh, implicitly and directly connecting what's going on in this corner of Asian America to, um, to, and drawing parallels to bigger to bigger uh, movements that we see in the, you know around us today, right? Like the the magas, the red pill guys, um, that entire the incel, the general incel uh, movement that's been going on in society. You're making a very big claim here. Um, now the pro, but he, but again, like this piece. I mean, it was very long. It's very it's very thoroughly researched. I would say. But there is no solution listed. You can't tee up the ball like that and then drop it on the on a solution. That's my problem here. You've made you've just made a giant claim and you're leaving it up to some someone else, the reader here, to figure out what it is to do with to do about this problem. I don't I don't respect that that kind of writing because implicitly what that means is it positions at least the writer Aaron Mack and people sympathetic to him as people on the correct side of the line and the right. people he's writing about as on the wrong side of the line. So ultimately what this is saying is there is a problem here and I am counting on you to solve it for us here. But but me and my homies, we're the good ones here. It's those right. people that are on the wrong side. So we don't have any so he's not he's not proposing and not endorsing or shaping any kind of solution. He's expecting to be at the mercy of the benevolent, presumably white liberal audience here. I I don't I I have a I have a very deep problem with the 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 meta framing of an article like this. You said <clears throat> before we started recording, you said that it had a sort of element of anthropology to it. Yeah, this is an anthropolo anthropological study. Yeah, he there's a, I'm a, looking he at he went a... undercover and studied the natives reported back and this is a i mean this is a known uh, process in anthropology right you're supposed to be true to the material you're supposed to quote go native right yeah there's and a there's a, a there's a there's a paragraph that said uh aside from moderators like asian movement and others the most prominent member of our asian identity's ruling junta is its chief founder a mod with the handle archelogy and formerly known as arcteryx he first reached out to me in 2019 when he found out I was interested in writing about our Asian identity, offered to provide a perspective as someone who conceived the subreddit. Funny thing is, I actually think I put them in touch with each other. Um, <laughs> but and, and then it talks about, but I think the way that was written is, is very anthropological. Almost to, yeah, you know, it's almost like giving, you know, chimpanzees nicknames and, you know, sort of like, dissecting their you know their their behaviors uh in a way that makes it kind of it kind of paints like um a, a normal separate species that has a certain kind of motivation that's different than ours they have a base or substrate of behavior that's fundamentally different than quote ours 
the sympathetic reader. And it is definitely uh, an othering to say that there are these red-pilled incel Asian men and they actually form a movement called the, you know, men's rights movement or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know where that... I mean, I guess if you have a subreddit, you can point to that subreddit as being the sort of ground zero of this movement. But then my question to Aaron Mack, and I thought, and I and I got this sense when I was talking to him, why why would you spend two years in a subreddit like this? You know what I mean? Like, why would you get to know this subreddit so deeply? Uh, unless that, you know, he himself had a certain kind of interest in it. And I think a lot of this comes down to people who are both secretly fascinated or 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 uh identified with the kinds of things that people in places like asian identity are posting about but on the other hand trying to pretend that they have some sort of like vast distance from it and that i think accounts for this sort of detached anthropological viewpoint i guess what i'm saying is i think I just... he is part of the Asi- the men's rights movement <laughs> you know as a told you teen, she is, is uh, had a particular dangerous allure for him that uh, yes he capitalized on. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll have to say, as I told you, teen, I'm assuming he's straight. I'm assuming he's second generation. He's uh he's writing for these like online magazines, which is a very Asian, you know, mostly like Asian female dominated field. I guarantee you that he sympathizes somewhat with the like some of the core ideas of of Asian identity, which I will also say are legit. And I found it, I just realized, I found it very interesting. They didn't mention the Eastern Sun Rising subreddit, which was a subreddit that broke away from Asian identity because they thought Asian identity was too moderate. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Yet I think those people are so extreme that they're of no interest. They're like the ones who think, I don't know, probably that, uh, I mean, they, they go into like deep kind of like, I think. I remember them. What you would call tanky type of ideology. Uh, and no, I don't. No, whatever, that's, they're, not, they're not tankies. No, no, they're not tankies. No, they're, they're straight oh, whatever up they are, they are. Tankies are more like communists. These are yes. like straight up ethno nationalist type, you know. Right, but whatever they are, I think they are so removed that it just it, it becomes. Well, just I think well we should cares, be careful right? about what we call, you know, these marginalized groups and what they really are because I think a lot of times the, 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 the problem with doing this is and i you know i speci- i was looking at my emails that i sent to aaron and i was very specific to him about what i was trying to say i was like a lot of people want to write this story right like uh, celeste ang wrote this story in the cut and i think he links to it or whatever and a lot of people post about this about this uh you know a lot of guys post about this about these uh red pill inside i'm not even talking about asian people i'm talking about america at large talks about these incels these red pill factions or whatever, and they point to the existence of certain forums to say, well, this must be these sub, the subgroup of people that are responsible. And all of the problems, all of the toxicity associated with American masculinity, uh, all of the violent behaviors that do come about both online and in real life or whatever, are attributed to the existence of these marginal but extreme groups of other men. Not me, other men. And my point to him, I think, was like, in my experience, having spent a lot of time online and lo- trying to figure out what is going on, that's not really what's going on. What's going on is that what we call uh, 
the uh, toxic Asian male or the men's rights Asian or whatever the fuck you want to call it. It's not really like, oh, there's a toxic Asian male. He's there. And then there's a non-toxic Asian male. He's over here. It's more of a pattern of thought that I think is common to pretty much like all guys. Right? There is, I mean, there's other opposing patterns of thought. But I think all guys to some extent, especially like you said, Chris, like if you, if you account for them being straight, though, in the case of Asian men, I don't think that's a necessity to understand this. In fact, I think gay Asian men may understand this even more. Uh, but this idea of, uh, you know, racism in the form of intentional emasculation, this anger at, uh, you know, Asian women for, uh, for sort of, uh, ignoring or allowing it or whatever. Again, I'm not saying that's right, but I'm saying that a lot of people understand that. And it's not just those guys over there. And that's 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 what yeah, I don't I, I like th- about this article because I think it plays with. That. Oh, I th- mm-hmm. I think it could ha- it could have been a very strong article if it tried to take a bigger picture view, right? This is a very very small right. ethnography basically on one uh, on one subculture essentially. Yeah, the and weirdo it's, Asians. It's, it's anth- it's anthropology. It's a it's a qualitative it's a qualitative study um, of a subculture. It follows the same rules. This this can be seen as like a sociological study here, um, but the problem with that is that it's not contextualized, right? So you just so he lays out the problems, right? It's a it's a group of men of a particular race, Asian in this case, who are upset about uh, emasculation. Um, uh, the lack of success from women, lack of success in society in general, and then leaves it at that. Now, now, I'm, if that's the if that's the impression he got from a deep dive of the subreddit, that's the impression he got. I'm not challenging that. What I am challenging is um, he owed it to he owed it to this to he owes it to his own subject matter, and he's trying to pitch this as a as a piece of interest for Asian Americans at large. And by publishing it in Slate, one of the largest, you know, liberal leaning uh, online publications in the country, he's proposing it as a matter of interest for the country at large in this case. But he doesn't make that that connection clear. And this is where this is where it gets it gets bad. Why did he not connect that to the mains the biggest the biggest source of the sentiment, right? The red pill, the act, the 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 big subreddits on, uh, in, they're not hard to find on on Reddit, even after the purge of a few years ago. That those were the true hearts hearts of darkness for the same for the same subject matter. And what do you see there? You also see a lot of men who complain about the exact same thing that he's diagnosing in this bunch, right? Now there's a there's a powerful statement to be made here in connecting those two things. What does it say when we have in aggregate a collection of millions of men in this case who are all across, and in this case it's across all races here saying the exact same thing. This no longer becomes a thing you can you can you're easily saying, sorry, dismiss. Jess, you're saying across races. You're you're this saying not just Asian men, races. but American men. So the men. red pill it's full of it's full of white men. Right? right, who were saying the exact same thing about white women and women at large here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he had the chance to make a very powerful statement in pulling it back and saying, "What the hell is going on when 
a, a, a sentiment like this is so powerful and has such appeal across all, you know, all uh, socio, you know, all social brackets of the country, like all uh, this somehow manages to find a root in men of every race and in every age bracket. Right. But I think the danger for someone like him and, and I think his audience is once you start doing that, you might start causing uh, some kind of like linkage between these groups. I think what a lot of these types of pieces try to do is to pathologize Asians. Right. That's why like, I'm saying it's these this Asian bad. men. Um, it's that it's that Confucianism or it's that. Taoism or whatever they blame, and uh, you it's know, the, yeah, in this it's, case, it's I think it's the asexuality, right? It's uh, right? yeah. Well, do you mean like an inherent? No, asexuality? well, kind of, but it's. I think it's in a weird Asian in America. Well, see, so in a weird way, uniquely here. Yeah, see, in a weird way, they they get away with it because it's kind of like, well, I'm not saying Asian men are asexual inherently, but they are definitely made asexual in America, and I can understand why they would be very upset about that, but. I think that that does create a corrupted mindset and it leads to all sorts of problems and it's, you know, they become very, they, they you know, they get red-pilled and they become, they subscribe to toxic masculine ideologies, etc. Right? Yeah. He had an ethical duty to, he had an ethical duty um, to put this more in context because this paints, he's trying, he's, I know he can get away with it by saying, I'm only talking about this one subreddit, but by talking about it as this, this very pervasive thing in a, in a social environment that's predisposed to paint us all with the exact same brush, he is kind of opening the door for people to, uh, talk about Asian men at large in these terms. But I think that's the point though. That's the, that's the threat. It's like, you you guys better shape up because we have the power to broad brush you, especially since. Well, who's we uh, in this case? Are you talking about Aaron Mack uh, or like? Well, like his that whole kind of like elite class of of Asian Americans who who long wanted to basically like like end this discussion in, in their favor and just like outlaw this conversation, except only when they talk about it. Because I've said this many times, nobody's more obsessed with like WMAF and all that uh, than these like elite Asian Americans. They just hate it when other people, especially Asian Americans who aren't in their group, talk about it, including other Asian women. So that that has been their their playbook uh, throughout this time is that hey, we got we got we can talk to these white liberals or or whatever in ways you can't, and if you if you like step out of line, we're gonna publish these kind of articles. And I think what one theory I have is the reason they they held on to this for a while is that. Like when we when I talked to Aaron in like 2019, it was mostly just just about Asian men and Asian women. None of this like George Floyd stuff uh, was in there. And I think in 2019, maybe it was okay. The Celestine article came. There's nothing really new to add. There wasn't like a new celebrity who was really attacked or anything. Then the, this Eileen Huang thing happened, which already feels like last year. It might have actually been last year. And and I think now they can graft on this anti-black thing. Can you thing, explain which what think, the, the Eileen? You mean the tweet? Her Eileen's tweet about normalize. Uh, yeah. So okay, oh, I'll, I'll give yeah. a little background info uh, in case people don't know. So uh, Eileen Huang was, I think she rose to some level of stardom in like Asian American activist circles uh, because she, you know, like those open letters that Asian American activists always yeah, do, uh, where there's like, yeah, you know, to to my, to my father, racist yeah. parents, um, whatever. Let me uh, educate she, you. I think she did that. Let me some... educate you about America. Yeah. 
so she did that in summer of 2020, and I think that got her a bit of a profile, but whatever, nobody really cared. I, I, I think it was when the attacks started happening, uh, kind of towards the end of 2020, or I guess actually started more even in early 2020, but I think towards the end of 2020 when it was like undeniably bad, uh, something she tweeted about, uh, you know, normalizing violence against Asians, was uncovered and it wasn't just that tweet because I, I mean a lot of people tweet stupid shit but it's more like okay so you have this ivy league girl she goes to yale i don't think i'm doxing her. i think that's public i think they say that in the article um i, th I think some people found out through her own tiktoks that she comes from a very wealthy suburb not that many minorities uh and you know she is essentially has a platform of uh scolding p poor asians often poor elderly asians who are bearing the brunt of these attacks, whereas she is attending a fancy school, comes from a fancy background. Uh, people alleged she had some like fancy white boyfriend. Who knows if that was true? And and that was like the real fuel for that anger. I think, Jess, that's what you're getting at uh, in terms of some context. It's like, it, it, we kind of saw the same thing with the Celeste Ng article uh, back in the cut where she just glossed over the genesis of, of the backlash against her, which was the uh, Asian men remind me of my cousins uh, type of tweets. No, I'm not talking. So, that's not the context the I'm talking about. Um, I mean, it, it's key context to understand the situation that, that you're talking about here. When I'm talking about context, I'm talking about big picture stuff. I hate the reporting that's done on non-white communities because it always talks about us as if we're in a bubble. Right. And it's yes. proof writing that's about us and by us. We're always assumed to just not be affected by anything on the outside. Uh, we're this like little like pristine bubble of ethnic goodness that just needs to be researched, right? And mined, uh, right? We're never actors with subjectivity who who have an impact on the outside world, and nor is it really assumed that the outside world has much of an impact on us, right? This is the entire thing behind you know blaming Asianness or Asian culture yeah. for problems that we're facing. This is just an expression of that same tendency. Here. Yeah, one of the first reactions that both Chris and I had to this article was it seemed really out of date, right? Mm -hmm. Like the first, like when I read this, I was like, this would have made a lot more impact maybe two or three years ago. But I think it seems stale now. And I don't think it seems stale because necessarily like Asian Americans have moved on from this. But it's stale because like you said, Jess, this, the context itself has changed. The, yes. the, the whole discourse around incels and... Uh, this incel panic and men's rights activism and stuff has completely changed, right? And, uh, you know, we're now at a stage where I think the, the, the uh, interrogation or the scrutiny has been reversed. And I think it's been placed on liberal culture now. I think in 2021, we're really looking more at what is wrong with liberal culture, and what was what was up with all this incel panic stuff? And what was up with all this uh, believe women uh, stuff that culminated in like we were just talking about uh, a few pods ago, uh, three major resignations at you know Human Rights Commission and uh, and Time's, Time's up. up because they it turned out that they were working with uh, Andrew Cuomo. What my point is that. That's part of the context, too, is that, you know, just going around and blaming young American men for being losers in life and that the reason they're angry is because they're not getting enough pussy 
it seems to have played itself out and uh, went about as far as such a shitty idea could go. You know. Well, one is a one because we have the we have the benefit of time in ta- in thinking about how how opinions have how attitudes have evolved on like incels, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for something that was written about with such urgency, what was actually even done? Did we get gun control legislation passed? Did we get anything? Did we get anything hap- to happen that? Wait, uh, what are you talking about? Like what was oh, done? Like what in, was the what was discourse? the result of all this insult? Yeah, what was the result? We, now it's it's. I remember first seeing you know first lurking the red pill in like two thousand nine or ten or something like a, like almost a decade ago, right? And I remember all of breathless reporting that's done on these hives of toxic masculinity, right? So it was considered a big social problem, but what was actually done about it? Nothing, nothing. Yeah, because I, I think people are, are okay. Uh, there was an article that came out recently. I think both in the Atlantic and the Wall Street Journal, something about the um, college mm-hmm. degree imbalance, which is yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna and bring so that up new. because this right, is all, right. this is all emblematic of talking about the stuff in a bubble. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so I think, I think one of those big picture things is what is society going to do. Uh, with these undesirable males, uh, undesirable educationally, financially, racially, I think that is the question that is uniting all this. And but the the, the you know the so-called solution is really just kind of harsh. And I don't, I don't think anyone really wants to think about it because I, I think what a lot of people seem to be indicating is, well, just just go away. And that, that's why these yeah, articles never have a solution. It's no, immensely really childish. That, that was the entire strategy in dealing with incels, right? It's a huge problem. Toxic masculinity. It's going to completely overturn society, and and you know, uh, and you know, it's going to be it's it's going to mean the end of civilized society as we know it. Okay, so what's the solution? Um, block them on Twitter. <laughs> Just ignore them. Really? You're ta- you're describing a problem of civilizational impact and your solution is simply to just literally hide behind your hands and hope that it goes away. So you either don't believe what you're saying or you're completely at a loss for what to do about this, right? And what I, do you guys think is more likely of those two? What do, what do you mean? I think they're just at, I think, think they're they at a are- loss. Okay. But I think they're at a loss because, you know, this is the this is the pitfall of liberalism. It's it's pointing out a problem and then someone hopping in to say, oh, well, that shouldn't be. Yeah, no shit. That's, yes, I know that shouldn't be. Okay, so what's the solution? Well, they should be better. Fuck, we're screwed. Well, that's the nature of the incel discourse, right? Is to set up a very pitiable thing, archetype that you do not want to be. Because that is the omega. That's the omega male. That's the yeah. May I say loser, that right? talking about the incels reflected uh, a certain toxic masculinity, masculine way of thinking about men. For one thing, like Teen, you're pointing this out pretty clearly here. Um, collectively, people were shitting on these guys for not being able to get with women, which is I. I mean. Um, that's a pretty toxically masculine metric to rate men on, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. And then the solution, the proposed solution is, well, they should just pull themselves up, like they're men, they should just you know pull themselves up by the bootstraps and just you know man up. Like, well, that's also kind of toxic in it. 
Um, well, no, I think the I think in a way it was even kind of worse. The solution was that if well, there's certain men that have already gone over the cliff, so to speak, the red pill cliff. Right? Mm-hmm. They've taken the pill. They're done. They're they're hopeless. They've been infected with toxicity. Uh, the it's like a zombie thing, right? It's like they've been red pilled. They're toxic. And one, we've got to marginalize them so no one will go around them. They limit their influence, whatever. Everything they say is a lie, is a thing, is dangerous. Okay. But then number two is, well, how do you avoid being toxic yourself? And I think that they provided, they being the harshest, you know, the most vocal critics about this stuff, provided the kinds of things that you should say and believe in order for you to be considered a good male ally. And that's, I think, where the dis- discussion went, uh, which this piece seems to completely have missed, over the past couple of years was the emergence of the male feminist and the problems associated with that fucking guy, right? I think that became more of a focus. Now, I think people are more talking about the male feminist than they are about the incel. And I think that that's kind of interesting to me because it's like, well... I thought the male feminist was supposed to be free and clear from this toxic stuff. How come it seems that a lot of the guys that prof- say all the right things and, and profess all the right things end up being some of the scariest motherfuckers out there? You know? I think yeah, that that's I, context yeah. that this misses. Yeah, that is uh, I that is bring true. up a very... Um, I don't know. I mean... That's a very good point. I, we should t- we should get into that because uh, I mean we have been selecting for true sociopaths lately. Like yeah. we have set ourselves up socially to reward like we're setting up so like sociopaths um, um, hurdles. Uh, the, the guy that wins at the end isn't he's not the ally. He is probably the best sociopath in the running. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's, that's pretty scary to me. I think, I mean, I get that vibe from thinking back to Obama's presidency. Um, <laughs> like if you look at like what we look for in leadership, right? Um, we keep adding stuff to it. And the only way to really be able to round all the bases, be a well-rounded person in a way that implies competence in, you know, socially, uh, is to be a sociopath. Like an actual mm-hmm. true there- sociopath, um, uh, it's not rewarding. It's not rewarding. Tr- like it, it's not rewarding actual, you know, um, uh, values or morals or anything. It's val. It's it's rewarding how much you can fake across the biggest range of uh, of of metrics possible. Um, yeah. Any Asian guy who like quote tweets this article is like, oh, this scares me so much. Uh, I'm not trusting that guy one bit. That's there's something very off about that. well i'm gonna call out you know the in, the utter failure of any uh of any real uh console either consequences or rehabilitation social rehabilitation offered to this so-called widespread incel movement at large like before we get into like the this this article which is calling out like the asian incels right in general right what what, what was the only real thing to happen right you wanted to get them ostracized fired e- like marginalized basically kicked out of society um, and this was our, this was, this was collectively, this was, was our collective wisdom in how to manage this so-called, you know, civilizational crisis on our heel, uh, uh, you know, this beleaguering us. Um, 
At a, ma at a mass level, this is not a solution to a true societal ill. Since when have you? Since when has it ever worked to marginalize millions and millions of people and expect them to be the ones to change? Yeah, but I think like with a lot of like social justice, it's a lot of it's just like fueled by vengeance. It, it masquerades as some kind of yeah. You know, I I know it is, and I'm saying something. And I'm saying any discussion and, of this article should should take into consideration the utter failure of broader incel discourse at large, and we've have a we have a decade of that failure behind us now. Right. Now we want to throw know, in race to this without tying it to that. Now we just now you just put a racialized target on Asian on Asian backs here. Right, and and we've talked about the whole just how to term itself incel is messed up because on one hand you're saying, uh, you know, men shouldn't measure themselves by the value of how much they get laid. Yet on the other hand, you are essentially shaming any guy who can't get laid. And you know, I go to like these like subreddits and and comments and you know of you know women who have been treated badly and stuff and a lot of them will just say yeah it's like it's not like we particularly want to use this term but we know it's the only thing that gets them mad and that's what we ultimately want we want to get them riled up so you know we know there's it's like a double standard and we're being hypocritical but we don't care because it it pisses the guys off and that's what we want to see what, what what is the i mean i've been thinking a lot about this because you know i was never like a particularly angry person about these issues until i went online decided to participate in some of this stuff usually at the beginning as like i'll try to be the voice of moderation here right huh. and quickly i realized that you're not even allowed to do that like you can't even try to take these people seriously and what what really started to piss me off was there was a certain kind of um there was a certain kind of like person that i wanted to convince and there was a certain like, co like social context, or there was a certain type of validation that I wanted uh, to to get on some of the ideas that were pro that were being pushed around here. I'd like make these ideas palatable for Asian liberals, right? And I realized that that's impossible because. I think what's going on here are fundamentally illiberal things. And this this goes well beyond, I think, the... I think this goes well beyond, like, the decisions of Asian liberals themselves. And it actually just goes towards what Asian people are expected to be like within a liberal hegemonic society like ours, where liberals as they exist today, which are very different than liberals like a long, you know, a while ago. But today's liberals are actually the true gatekeepers of cultural and political power in America. I think that's the thing that you got to start from is like you, I think a lot of people get pissed and a lot of Asian people get pissed online because they're still looking for acceptance within the mainstream liberal uh, consciousness. And there are just some, some things that it won't accept. And I think the only way I found to sort of get past this frustration and anger is to just not give a fuck what liberals think. Because <laughs> I'm like, it's hopeless, right? That, 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 One of that the I easiest think was the ways yeah. to get that acceptance is to serve up your own community on a platter. Yes, correct. Shang-Chi taught me that, by the way. Finally, you, Oh, you mean how it did that? 
how it did that. I I don't know. Listen to your the the pod you guys did on that, and uh, I thought okay, even Teen had some good things to say about it. So I'm gonna go in and did try I? to have fun. Yeah, oh, you did. did. I guess. You had some. You, you did have some good. So I'm like, how bad yeah. could it be? Man, it was bad. Yeah. So, it was so bad. Yeah. Off topic, but you know that just just popped into my head. The easiest way to get acceptance in the new in the new liberal hegemon is to serve up your own people on a platter as a test of loyalty. That's literally I that's right. it. I think that was um, the so nature of like Eileen this... Huang's uh, uh, letter to her parents. Yeah. It wasn't really a letter to her parents. It was a demonstration parents, to yeah. the to the to uh, her liberal peers. That she would be willing to um, She's a good put one. them ahead of her own parents in terms yes. of what she what are, where her alliances are. Her loyalties you know? are clear, you know. Yeah. She's willing to sacrifice, you know, even family to be to for her principles, yeah. um, and that's a very polite way of saying to be in that the in club here. The mm-hmm. cool kids club in this case. So an article like this exposing a sordid, very uh, a sordid and toxic. Um, corner of uh, a, a sub of, of this uh, this this ethnic subgroup here um in a mainstream article like that that's exactly what this is mm-hmm. um and i mean it's it's data without context right so putting it out there is really really bad because uh i mean this is just this is me nerding out over data this is just what i do i have to think about data you can data is never never has meaning on its own you have to put everything in context for it to actually have meaning. Me just saying 70% means nothing unless I say 70% of what, right? An article talking about how, you know, these Asian dudes are, you know, toxic and obsessed and have all the hall- hallmarks of inceldom, which has been demonized for ten, 10 years in, the, in you know, societal consciousness here. That's serving everybody up, up on a platter, and I hate to even sound like I'm defending this this sub this subreddit here. Um, I'm not. I do. I mean, but it's just it's. I mean, I don't know what I don't. I don't want to sound like I'm defending it. But okay, I feel like a piece like this comes out. The reaction is either going to be like arguing over whether it's true or not. Like, are Asians toxic, or are Asian men toxic, or are they not? That's not the wrong. That's not the right argument to be having. The argument to be having is why? Why did this piece happen? Where it did? Like, why? What's? What purpose does it serve in? The national in the national discourse here and at the, at the level of publishing on the front page of slate that's national discourse what purpose does that serve it has nothing to do with it's not of any benefit to us as asian americans here it really isn't i don't see any benefit to this it in fact you know lodged yeah, it where like- it is geopolitically this adds a certain pungency doesn't it to liberal racist uh, thought on asia doesn't it yeah, I mean, it feels like each group gets their turn. It's like, okay, we we got like white women complaining about white men, uh, or they complain about men, but it's implied it's white men, and then we got like, black women talking about, you know, black toxic masculinity. That, I mean, that that arose even during the height of the you know twenty twenty Black Lives Matter uh, discourse and all that. And then yeah, now now it's like the Asians, because you know otherwise it'll be like an insult to Asian American women being like, oh no, you you don't have a right to complain. And a lot of our, uh, you know, in in a liberal context, your your right to speak and matter 
uh, is contingent on on the on the legitimacy of your grievances. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah, I think going. I mean, maybe maybe what we could do now, having a lot. I mean. Having said that, this stuff is like behind us in, se in the sense that we, we got started tackling a lot of these issues and then we're now, quote, past it. Like, how exactly do you think we're past it? Because I think for me, it is really coming down to, like, whose approval do you need? I think the anger that is endemic to a lot of this Asian male online stuff I'm always wondering why why so angry it's, and, and, and I it's not I don't mean that in the sense of like what's wrong with you why are you so angry I mean why do people get so angry about this including myself and uh, and I'm talking for example like what would I get mad at right I get mad at this thing where they write how uh, Eileen Huang is talking about how people found a tweet of hers that said, let's normalize racism against Asians. And she said that that was used against her when clearly it was a joke. And I didn't really find that funny. And I, and I feel like for people to misinterpret that, pretty reasonable, because it's not really that funny, right? Uh, I get mad about that. Oh, and also, uh, yeah. oh, sorry to interject, but also the hypocrisy is... If they ever misconstrued another person's tweet, uh, they would feel justified in, you know, canceling that person or ostracizing that person. So it's like, you know, that benefit of the doubt only is the only they deserve. Sure, there's a hypocrisy and a double standard, right? But and I think we've said this before, which is like people get mad about the hypocrisy. Sure, but if that were the case, then how did we quote get over it, get past it, right? Because it doesn't really bother me anymore when i read this i mean it does bother me in the sense i still sense that there is that um i mean the way he wrote it was like he didn't question that th these that 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 probably wasn't a great tweet <laughs> right he didn't he didn't question that you know maybe that um people had a right to be mad about it about a tweet like that particularly in light of what's going on you know in uh, post it during covid uh, is, you know, I think it, it requires that, you, you know, we, we recognize that the anger is about not getting validation, but from a certain kind of person or from a certain, you know, segment of society. You could, you could have racist white dudes come in and cheer you on all you want. It's not going to alleviate the anger, Right. Because we're looking for approval or validation or understanding or acceptance of these notions from liberal people. And I, and I think that for me, it, in the past several, in the past few years, you know, I realized I'm really not a liberal person as far as it's defined currently. I do not agree with the liberal worldview, like, at all. And I think that wanting liberal validation is at the heart of a lot of this anger. So I think a lot of like angry Asian guys are actually liberals and they want liberal recognition of their problems, but they're not going to get it because it's antithetical to liberalism. 
Right. Or or they just want approval from the people around them, whether or like they're in college or some city they live in, and they happen to be liberals. Most of the people around them, so you know, they don't care if some, as you said, some some mega guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, way across the country approves of them. Well, I think, like, they want, I... I think they want their racial grievances recognized as part of the packages of racial grievances recognized by liberal culture. And they're not getting it. Um, or at least they weren't. I think, I think things have changed a bit. The conditions have changed a bit. But fundamentally speaking, I think that they want their racial grievances to have some measure of weight. And yeah, it just we, didn't. I mean, we discussed it in the in the last part in that uh, I think one of the things that did help us just shift our mindset was COVID and all the all the violence against Asians because you know as bad as that is, it does legitimize. I mean, I mean the, the whole thesis of this piece, if we have to ask, well, why did they publish it? Seems to be saying because of this recognition of Asians as a somewhat oppressed group. Uh, these guys now feel validated. I don't really see any evidence of that, uh, but that seems to be their justification for re- releasing it now around this time. Uh, but uh, I think there is some truth to the idea that, yeah, the, our, our racial identity and validation no longer had to come from the Eileen Huang types as much anymore because we, we could see it for ourselves. And we even had, for once, uh, the rest of the country acknowledging uh, you know the violence against us and all. That. I'm not. I mean, I'm not even sure that it's Eileen Huang herself that people want validation from. I think it's the fact that Eileen Huang is considered so much more sympathetic and important, and important to, yeah. to a uh, publication like Slate. Like Slate is definitely going to take Eileen Huang's perspective here, and and not those of her vocal critics, many of whom I've talked to are women, actually. Right. Mm-hmm. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, I, I think the assumption that Asian Americans are, you know, a good, like, are fertile, is our fertile ground for, like, for the expansion of liberal ideology in America, that younger Asian Americans more assimilated into American culture. Uh, living in urban areas are going to be, uh, you know, the sort of like core sort of liberal constituency. Uh, that has to be, I think, kind of reexamined. Not, not, not from like a, you know, electoral uh, str- uh, strategy perspective, but from your the perspective of an Asian person in America who kind of sees that there's a lot of kind of bullshit about how things are talked about, uh, particularly in relation to their own life. I mean, speaking of context, uh, oh, sorry, Jess, I'll just say just one thing. Yeah, sure. Uh, Okay. Uh, Speaking of context, um, I think this was in the Asian American subreddit. I think brought up a really good point because they said, because I think in the article he talks about how uh, this uh, Asian identity subreddit is like so big. It's like, like 40 something thousand which is really not that big in the big scheme of things but in the asian american subreddit said oh you know you know asian identity is almost as big as asian american which makes it like the third biggest asian american or asian themed subreddit and then put in brackets if you don't count the uh, not safe for work subreddits i think that's a critical part of the context that is just not mentioned that yeah in this in this whole reddit sphere by far dwarfing any like asian american uh, interest 
like these like cl- political cultural subreddits are all the porn subs and well that's like well that's a, i think is a whole other discussion that can get grafted onto this but just wanted to point that mm-hmm. out yeah. sorry Jesse, I mean, you're about I wanna, to say. i i'll give i'll give aaron some credit because i think uh i think he does see the tipping point and the uh i do i think he sees like the the uh the dead end to the to the discussion as uh as as it can exist in it in the current liberal framework i mean in the closing uh segments of the article he quotes j caspian kang um um kind of forebodingly actually lifting a quote of his saying un- describing you know you know to possibly see like wh- what's next for this group of for this group of malcon asian malcontents uh on a, on a subreddit right so he talks about how they're branching out into, you know, IRL activism, coordinated off Reddit, uh, which is a little like it's, it's I think it's it's a bit it's made to sound a little scary. Right. Like you can't even see it on the on the public facing Reddit's all behind closed doors. So who knows what they're up to? Um, and, he, and then he quotes uh, Jay Caspian Kang. Uh, and I'll, I'll just copy his words here to describe an ascendant Asian American conservative movement whose main appeal came from upending the carefully constructed nuanced narrative about the place of Asians in the American racial hierarchy. Um, so I think he's trying to point this like this. That's the direction that this group of men could go in the future if it's not addressed now. Right. That they're going and he makes he makes he makes a point to point out that, uh, you know, none of them are like active like Trumpers or something. A lot, a lot of them are anti-Trump, vote Democrat, etc. Uh, but it is pointing out like there is no rhetorical space to provide any kind of answer for the question that is being posed here. Like, what do you do about these people? There is nothing on the liberal side that can that can answer that, and and a lot of liberal discourse has been about blunting any discussion of that. It's all about it's just kicking them out, and who's waiting for them on the other side of that? We know where that goes. The, the way you said, like carefully constructed. I mean, like what carefully? Constructed? I mean, I, I don't see any like shining building there. I don't know if you guys see it, but it, it also makes it seem like oh no, you know what? It, it seems like a political like electoral fear or what what if our or we, what if you don't get their votes and yeah that's that, fine maybe with that's me. you use whatever you can to if you if you think you have a problem and i and i think aaron believes that this is a problem uh, he would not write about this in such a way if he did not think this is a problem he's asking for a, a solution to this by talking about it this way right and he's saying the problem with uh with this situation is that there is no answer on the liberal side to address anything like this and we know that there is no answer on the conservative side here but the lure the lure on that side is uh, as 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 jck writes who will sound like the truth teller and who will sound like the out of touch liberal who talks vaguely about the need for unity this is a critique of of liberal discourse well, uh, and I appreciate that it's coming from from Aaron, and he's quoting another Asian American. But, but he's talking but the about problem this. with Aaron's article is that it is exactly the he is exactly the out of touch liberal who says stuff like there are two different threads of what MR Asians hate. This is right before the Jay Caspian King quote. There are two different threads of what MR Asians hate about progressivism. One, the empowerment of Asian women, and two, an emphasis on the experience of Black people. Uh, I don't know where this is even supported. I mean, he quotes 
the one of the mods immediately after saying many on our Asian identity have known the true face of white America for what it really is a veneer of racism hidden in politically correct speech I don't see anything in that sentence that's aimed either at the empowerment of Asian women or the emphasis on black experience this is talking about white America so I think that's that's what I'm saying is like he's starting from this the same sort of American liberal bullshit position of you must hate our freedom right this is what we say about the Afghans or something like no the reason uh, terrorists attack us is because they hate freedom and they love to uh, they just want to enslave women it has nothing to do with us they're just crazy people right and i think that's what they're doing here he's like this is literally mr asians are people who their core value is they want to see asian women in chains and they want to see black people wiped off uh, of the map and i i don't know where he gets that i don't i don't i don't see where you would find any of that in asian identity i mean i don't go there very often i haven't I, i haven't been there in a very long time until today and I looked the posts are pretty much the same as they always have been and I remember there was very few things about uh, you know we hate Asian women and want to keep them down I think they were probably overcompensating to the extent that they found Asian women that were active participants in the sub saying oh this is fantastic we want more Asian women in here we, that's, that's exactly what we need you know and then you would get black well, women. I guess you're, so okay, I think I think you can. I think you can pick up on. I think you can. Let me how to how to phrase. I think you will take out of it what you bring into it, right? So the thing that uh, you mean the sub, you know, the sub, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think his take on it is reflective of what he what what he himself brought into uh reading through the threads and over t- like i know what he's seeing when he's when he's talking about you know uh the, the uh, these these guys hating the empowerment of asian women and the emphasis on the experience of black people um it's i, I know what he's seeing but i think he misses but i think he's missing uh the the, the actual what's actually going down here uh, like obviously, there's the corny chodes um, who <laughs> who do hate, uh, who do seem to hate Asian women, and save and uh, and have a lot of resentments over the position of their perception, of the position of black people in the racial hierarchy um, in America. Uh, I see a lot. I also see a lot of people like condemning those uh, those uh, those elements in that subreddit too, right? But what? But over a long period of time, what you what you keep picking up on is that it's not necessarily empowerment of Asian women. It's the relative, uh, it's the relative invisibility of the male side of that issue, right? Um, and it's most and you. But since you can't really point out what isn't there, uh, you point out the hyper visibility of Asian women uh, to compare and contrast. That deserves. That is a legitimate concern. That is. That's to me is fully legitimate. Yeah, also, they do that thing, uh, you know, where, where they just define those things their way. So it's like, well, what does women's empowerment mean to them? I guess it can be uh, an Asian woman who says, uh, I don't date Asian men because they remind me of my cousins and being above reproach. And hating black people means getting upset that, you know, when a, when a black person attacks an Asian, um, 
you know, they get restorative justice or whatever, and then they're like on the streets the same day and they attack another Asian. That uh, they define that as being anti-black. So if you're that, you're you're anti-black. So that, I mean, that, yeah, that's, it's their fan. It's 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 the you know this goes to what and and I think he took. I, th- I think his quoting of JCK there is kind of a little bit off because a little bit off because I think JC if I recall that essay I think JCK was himself expressing a lot of frustration with the way Asian liberals talk and he's saying if you guys don't aren't able to address exactly what Chris was just talking about that that they're in fact especially in cities like New York I mean almost every case that I've seen of an attack on an elderly Asian person is a non-white person and often it's a black person and that's an inconvenient truth I don't like that fact I don't like talking about that but it's true I can't deny that that's what I'm seeing now you could blame that on a racist media you could blame that on whatever whatever but what I'm saying is that I think JCK's point was well what do you have to say about this reality and I think that's the problem with liberals these days is they don't live in fucking reality anymore. They can't address truths without because especially if the truth is not consistent with the worldview that they're pushing. Like, I think there's a lot of people right now, um, idealistic liberals and progressives who think that there's such a thing as black Asian solidarity. But I'm like, show it to me. Where? What is it? I, I mean, the idea is great, but I don't know of any black Asian project of social justice or mutual interests or anything like that i think they just mistake like personal friendships yes. as as that. yeah i'm talking um, to this guy you know. on you know on on twitter he's a black guy with an asian wife and he's you know and i asked that question what in reality like, i understand the the nice concept of black asian solidarity but what is the reality of it where does it exist and the tweet was well, in almost every city, there are groups dedicated to interracial relationships between black and Asian people, both men and women on, you know, black men and black women, Asian, you know. And, and I was like, I don't know if dating is really solidarity. See what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I mean, we know that's bullshit because we get so mad when white people try to pull that card, right? Yeah. Where you're like, oh, I, I get you. My, my husband or, or wife is of your race. Yeah. You know, so it's like it doesn't work when we do it either. It can't can't be like, oh, come on now. Yeah, and I think it's hard for liberals, progressives, who I think, look, there's not a lot in society that, you know, will let us trust each other. There's a very, it is a very low social trust environment. And one thing that binds people together is when they profess the same values. And uh, especially, um, you know, with people like us living in big cities and dealing living in very... Uh, diverse um, neighborhoods and things like this that we profess uh, our values to be consistent with liberals and with progressives. And so I think a lot of times what we're worried about is being, is putting that social trust in jeopardy by talking about anything that is inconsistent with liberal ideology. Like, if I say anything that puts into question some deeply held and shared thing that liberals say, then, you know, you are sort of excommunicated. And that's my long-running complaint about liberal culture is it's like being in a religion. 
it's not really all that different. You're, you're, you're subscribing to a set of, of ideas that don't necessarily have any basis in reality, but the, but the validity of the idea is the fact that everyone believes it and that you're really not supposed to oppose these ideas at all or else you get kicked out. And I think that that dynamic has played itself out at large in America where we are starting to see um, a growing anti-liberal movement. It's not necessarily conservative. It's not necessarily anything. It could be full of people with very different values. But the one thing they do share is a complete rejection of liberal culture. Hatred, even. Even a hatred, yeah. Yeah, that's and, where... And that's more and more where... people are, are, are signing up to this. And I think this is the kind of article where I'm like, you know, I think Asian men, I don't want to speak for Asian women here, um, though I would, I think that they see it too, that it's time for Asians to start questioning whether liberalism is for them, whether they actually uh, actually get anything from it and whether it's relevant to their life or whether it's actually holding them back. And I think a lot are. I mean, this, this continues to be a, very, a politically potent debate, right? A lot of Asians are Asians are not exactly unified politically. Uh, yeah, and you see and that, you know, like last year, talk, you know, people calling out their uh, their Republican parents or something like that. Uh, it's time to let that go, go uh, or think about that crit critically. You guys remember all that? All the tweets and th thought pieces. Oh my God! I think my parents, my you know, my backwards, you know, first generation parents are going to vote for Trump. Oh my God! It's time yeah. to stop seeing this as a club. I think uh, I, I think the thing that differentiates, uh, if I had to if I had to speculate, what would differentiate someone like that from their parents is their parents are actually thinking of well, just taking a hard look at their conditions and 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 rational and trying to figure out what on this pitiful array of options out there best suits my immediate needs, instead of thinking of it right. as a social club. Right, and, and I don't get all on that because I think. That attitude of, well, what does liberalism do for me, uh, before I think recently was considered just, like, how, oh, how can you think like right. that? Because like, if you think of liberalism as, uh, as pure goodness or, or like so superior to what we have, everything else, like how dare you be that selfish? How can you be so narrow-minded? Um, you, know, you, you don't, at least openly, you're not supposed to go, go to like church and be like, oh, what can God do for me? <laughs> you know, what can I get from this offering plate or whatever? You're not supposed to think like that. You do it because it's right. Uh, but, you know, the last couple of years, we have seen the you know, sheer hypocrisies of liberalism. And so then I think the mentality is, wait a minute, everyone else is just in it for themselves. Why am I the only one who's supposed to be like a, a giving uh, I'll true believer? I'll go a step Fuck further that, than you know. that. It's supposed to be, you are supposed to be looking out for your interests here. Right. That's, that's exactly what liberals, how the system that's what is supposed to work. really were in America. Yeah, right? the Liberals party were... that's supposed to fight for material benefits to people that needed them. Exactly. It was a very materialist-based uh, and non-ideological, right? It was materialist, not ideological. And that's shifted a lot in the past decades and rapidly, very rapidly, almost like sort of like an asymptotically in the past few, just a few short years where this intersectional woke uh, ideology, which it definitely is at this point. It is. It is like 
you know, it is a made, it's a set of rules that doesn't seem to have any grounding in reality. And then I, I find myself seeing conversations about people talking about black and brown Asians versus white Asians. And I'm like, what does that mean? What's a, <laughs> like, sir, I'm sorry, what, what? They're like, well, see, you have to first decide whether you have to understand Wait, what the hell that white, is a white, like mixed Asians? Mixed no, white see, that's what Asians? I asked. No, Nobody that's knows. not what, they, that's knows. not what they mean. It, it, they, well, what they, by the white, white Asian, Asian, they mean then? white passing Asian. And what does that mean? It doesn't. Don't think it's of it as having. Pa- wait, wait, wait. So what's a white passing Asian? That it's an Asian person that white. enjoys white privilege. What is that? But I think there's this like gray area where. Oh, do you mean like a hapa, or do you mean like say a light like skinned a rich, Asian? Like a light, yeah, like if a you rich push. Asian. No, this is what I'm saying about liberals. If you push on that notion, if you start telling me, look, what does it look like? What does a white Asian look like in reality? Who is a white Asian? Name me a white Asian. They're like, look, wait, look. Can you see that on the street? We or? need to see past. You know, we need to see past you know, surface, and we need to start talking in terms of privilege and whether an Asian person, you know, uh, enjoys privilege or whether they are, you know, consigned to the same kinds of, you know, anti-brown and black racism that affects people from the global south. I mean, none of those terms are tied into any concrete reality. They're all ideas, and that's what I really don't like about liberals. Why can't you is, just talk about okay? Well, well, why can't you talk about like, uh, like material like things, right? Like a rich Asian will obviously have a different life than somebody who has to work a twenty-four hour shift as a home care nurse in New York, for example. Uh, I don't, I don't know what's this white Asian thing. Oh, I, I see. That's my point. Is I just don't fucking know. And okay, all right. It, my, I'm just pointing it out as an example of how. When ideologies grow too large, I think they start to fall apart. Because people don't know what the fuck you're talking about anymore. And I think it's narrow. I think it's become very, very narrow as well. What do you mean by narrow? Also, oh, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. Like, just recently I've been binging a bunch of podcasts, uh, um, like history, you know, woodworking and fitness, right? Um, it's kind of surprising, like, all, like a bunch, like, you go a little bit outside the like the traditional like Ezra Klein, uh, New York Times podcast uh, lane, and conservatism or things that sound like conservatism. If you're deep in the liberal hole, um, just you see just how that I feel like is more the norm than than Democrat liberalism these days. Mm-hmm. It is very much a bubble, and it's a very narrow one. And I think the fragility of that bubble is 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 not quite understood. And I think this, like, I mean, and I and I think, uh, like, COVID discourse is exposing this too, like, just how narrow the ex- line of accepted thought is on something that is actually quite socially complex. So yeah. that's that's throwing another topic in there. We don't need to get into that. My contention is that it's actually like liberalism, as it is conceptualized uh, and and practiced, I guess, um, would be a way to to continue with the religion metaphor. I think it's very it's a very narrow one. Um, it's a very powerful one, which is why we have people willing to to make sacrifices to get into the the in club. Uh, Democrats are the ones in power now. I mean, Teen, you brought up a couple pods ago talking about, like, you know, c- companies uh, going woke, right? Like, making very overt displays of wokeness, uh, you know, when they didn't used to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, this is just a sign that that's where the money is. 
it's a, well, it's an indication of market power, right? <laughs> of course it is. I mean, it, it is the dominant culture in America. You don't turn on the TV and watch, you know, Monday Night Football or whatever and them spouting off white nationalist shit. Now, they may omit and they may, like, not go far enough in terms of pushing on actual material social justice issues, but that's because they're liberals. And they will always, you know, put on the little pink ribbons when necessary, make everyone wear pink socks, you know, show a, this a charity for, you know, uh, this or that. or Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the culture is solidly dominated by, like, liberal uh, sensibilities. Yes. Right? So, yeah. that that's my point. And so... When we, I guess what I'm trying to say is, when we as Asian Americans fight each other to say, look, I am more of a liberal than you. I am more committed to liberal ideals than you. What you're really saying is, I am more committed to the sort of mainstream culture of America than you are. I'm more assimilated than you. I am more in cahoots with the dominant culture in America. That's all you're really saying. You're, you're not I'm saying part like of the I'm future, t- and you're not. So, yeah, I'm, it, you deserve not, the fruits of it. I think what we think we're saying is that we're identified with this really brave, upstart movement to push against the dominant culture of America, which is a white supremacist. I, I mean, liberals love saying that America is white supremacist. What's white supremacist? Now, it has white supremacist roots, but right now, white supremacy is not the dominant ideology in America. I'm not saying there isn't white supremacy within liberalism. But out-and-out KKK-type white supremacy is totally marginalized. It's very passe. Yeah. But we act like that is what we're... That's what we need to fight against. Is this, like... Yeah. You know, a group of, like, crusty old dudes uh, wearing their KKK uh, hoods out in the bumblefuck. That that is what we need to be brave uh, and, and speak truth to power against. And I'm like, no, that is not... That's so far from what the dominant power in America is. And so I think a lot of the times when we fight each other over who's the better liberal, you know, we're, we're just putting on a show. Uh, we're, we're just doing the dance to say, like, I dance better for the cameras than you, you can, is how it comes off, it, it comes across to me. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I guess the thing going that... Back that to what I, yeah. Oh, uh, so going back to what I said earlier about you, you're not allowed to question what you get. Actually, uh, now you're supposed to willingly uh, give up stuff. That is the you know that is the the woke ideology. If you have privilege, you got to give it up. You've and tithe. and I, I think for Asian Americans, um, especially I think if you're like an Asian American guy, I think a lot of the resentment comes in. Well, f- for the women, at least you're getting something out of it. I don't know. You, you get a slice of a feminism pie or whatever. Well, well, like we're pretty much. Like anything we get is kind of stuff we would have gotten anyway, but it's like taxed, uh, you know, let's say like SAT scores or something. Like we would have done well anyway there. No one's, no one's giving us like free test prep, but we're just getting our scores taken away. And, you know, that's another source of resentment and why, you know, all, all this undermining of just the, the wholesomeness of liberalism, just giving people the, the chance to just be like, to walk away. I think the key though is, uh, or at least that's what I think now is that, I do think that our Asian identity is wrong, and the people who uh, post there are wrong to make such an exception out of the Asian male experience as, like, 
because I think a lot of this is what I'm saying about people in Aryan identity. Their anger reveals that they're aspirational liberals. They would like to be liberals. They would like to be part of it. Except they're thinking, I think a lot of times, or this may be changing, but is that why is it that other groups are accepted as oppressed minorities and they have all the protections of liberal society, liberal culture, but Asian men are sort of seen as on, on the outside of it? And I think that's the wrong approach. I don't. I think the more that, and I and I see this is the you know like when we started the pod, like we talked about what is going to happen when the middle falls, the middle falls apart. It gets ripped apart, and Asian young Asian Americans are going to um, start having to confront uh, polarization. Which way do they go? And um, you know, I think that a lot of the anger is sort of misplaced faith that the center can hold, so long as this big, you know, someone reserved a spot for us. Which is why I think Shang Chi might be one of those like uh painkillers you know to help perpetuate the idea that the middle does exist and there's a space for us and we can calm down or whatever but i think the more that asian guys make asian men a sort of peculiar exception to an otherwise correct ideology liberal ideology the more angry they're gonna get the more uh uh isolated they're going to become and the more susceptible they are to getting red-pilled into like a reactionary movement uh or going full right wing which we see happening with some people but i think the other way is to look look the, the 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 place that you want a spot in the your arguments about how we're not afforded a spot within liberalism or whatever is not a that's not a complete critique. It is a problem with liberalism itself. And I think, weirdly, it's like if you can see, spot the problems with liberalism, I think that helps prevent uh, or it helps inoculate people from being tempted into sort of right-wing movements, which is kind of counterintuitive in a way. Because I'm saying, like, the more you can see through liberalism, the less likely you will be to become uh, a reactionary fuckwad. Right. Well, you're more likely to see how the other side doesn't have answers either. Yeah. I I also would just to bring it back to a point I was making earlier. I really would like to stop to stop us uh, to stop seeing us. Ex- you use the word exceptionalizing mm-hmm. our issues quite so much. I don't think they're that exceptional. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think we we've been touching on this over the years as well like but i and so me so when i read this article i'm just seeing basically um a critique of a a moment a, a, a slice of american masculinity at large in this moment in time i'm not seeing anything particularly uh racially specific in this so this this has most power as a social statement by being one canary in the coal mine and being being cognizant of the fact that it is one sick one red one red light among many pointing in a particular direction right uh, my problem is that this is just a red light blinking you know in a in a sort in a in its own bubble floating off somewhere no one really knows what to do with this this red light 
So you're um, you're pointing in a dangerous direction because if 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 the idea is that say the experience of the Asian man in America has some sort of parallel with the experience of black women, you're going to get a lot of people in your mentions saying, "Don't even try that because you know a, an Asian man in America is worth." X number multiples of the life of a black woman, and then you're in violation of intersectional rules, and you cannot compare the experience of two different groups. You're just not allowed to do it. Okay. And well, I think that, a, that's I one think of that's the bullshit. Ten- yeah, exactly. No, exactly. I actually of think that's bullshit. Of yeah. course that's bullshit. But that's one and of the B, tenets even of liberalism on... is like I we know. all have to be segregated uh, from you know by our race and gender coordinates, and no one may. Especially race, when you gender, look at the sexual hierarchy. orientation. Yeah, uh, yeah. These are these... E- these are each of our private domains of pri- You know, we. It's almost like how people are get granted a sort of privilege, a privacy privilege with when they commune with the priesthood and stuff. It's like, you know, everyone has their zone of privacy. Everyone has their zone of autonomy, and the and 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 I think that your race and gender are treated as treated that way. We treat it like IP. Well, it has we to replicate. Be, well, we replicate the law, like everything that's messed up about how we deal with intellectual property for these things. Right. It's really messed up. And, and they um, have to. Uh, they have to put it to the forefront because, like, the, the liberal ideal is to basically have like kind of like a Noah's Ark of every every uh, possible <laughs> yeah. uh, subgroup uh, and demographic in America. So y- they cannot have all white they cannot have all black they cannot have all asian they, you do have to be segregated into your little dens and and you guys duke it out uh we we need like we need x number of you um maybe it doesn't really matter who you are um and and just we just need uh, yeah, so send you guys us your delegates or you guys figure it out and we'll pick your candidates for your delegates and we'll pick the best right you and know, i think I that's why that. these, like, that's... um that's what representation always creeps me out a little. It's like we're 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 selecting uh it's it's like we're selecting the people that we wish to survive this this mess we're in right now. We're electing yeah, yeah, like, like voting people science onto the arc. movies where you send yeah, the, the big uh shuttles just, of, of the world's best and brightest. We're just now happy that, you know, Simulu gets a gets a place on the arc now. And like this is supposed to be like, <laughs> yay, we won. Like, yeah. okay, well shit, I'm still gonna get drowned when the flood comes, right? What did that yeah. really do? Um, but, but like, okay, I, so but even in that, why... even in that math, right? Even accepting the liberal framework that we, that you know, thou shalt not cross lanes, right? Um, what we're seeing here in in this one little study of Asian of Asian men, right? You can like white people are still fair game, right? You can still compare this to broader movements that have mains that are mainstreamed and mainstreamed because they are majority white. If you're seeing the same signal. Time and time again, across communities, and they're all pointing in the same direction. Um, this is malfeasance to not point this out. This is furthering a, a this is furthering an atomization and segregation that is detrimental to everyone involved here. Right, I agree with you, Jess. But to to like liberal ideology, it is paramount that these groups do not con- uh, connect because. So this is like like the this is like the, the the Asian theater, all right. So you Asian men and women, you you duke it out. We'll see who survives. I'm sure in a few months, a friend just of mine just sent me this uh, link to the uh, ABC Desi's subreddit. It's all about Indian men and their dating woes. I'm sure we'll have that version sooner or later in some publication, and uh, you know so that you can have the right apportionment 
of each group because I think their their greatest fear is yeah uh, everyone and Tina actually I thought you were gonna say black men uh, rather than black women. Well, what if like Asian men and black men and maybe all minority men just uh, looked at each other and being like, you know what, this, I think we're kind of like in a similar situation all of a sudden. And then we're like, okay, it's, and then the, uh, there was some kind of broader understanding that would actually pose a real threat rather than this like silo dating squabbling. Yeah. So this, this kind of stuff is actually a component of liberal, uh, of, of liberalism to be able to obscure that connection. Right, yeah. So this is the limit of, you know, awareness and visibility discourse here, the value of that. There's a there's a there's a time and place for all of that, but we're at the limits of it where it's actually weaponized to prevent deeper analysis. Yeah, which is why I think this article feels so out of date. Um it's like, okay, we understand if it came on like 2017, 2018. I mean, we ourselves, I mean, I was quite different. Uh, back this then. actually could have been um, like a like a helpful perspective on it back then. This, at this point, it's just it reads like a history that's that has that has uh, a lot of facts incorrect. Yeah, I mean, imagine the the nuclear bomb it would have set off on like Asian Twitter uh, if this came out. You know, in like when the Celestine article came out, pretty much advocating for the uh, shutting down of Asian identity. Now it's just like I see it. It's like. Nobody on Reddit except Asian identity themselves are talking about it. It's the same kind of blue checky media class people saying, oh, oh my God, so true, you know, on Twitter. And, and you know, tomorrow no one's even going to remember it. We're all going to be, we're all going to laugh at the latest Simulu meme or something. Well, the solution, the solution defines the problem, right? What you want to do about it kind of defines how you want to, what you want to actually see the problem as here. What 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 is what is the proposed solution to this toxic problem? I I don't see anything. More male feminism, right? <laughs> or or a lot of them were just like uh, you know get laid, which is again feeds into another troubled idea that you know like sex solves everything. Uh, you know men just need to man up and get more dates or you know it's very juvenile thinking just be upfront about what's going on there is nothing wrong with taking seriously the problems of young men you know i think that this this woke scolding uh culture of saying that you know young white men or whatever should go fuck off and whatever like look i'm not the biggest fan of white dudes okay (laughs) but that's not gonna get you anywhere you know what I mean? Like, yeah, this is still society. Just say either your problems don't fucking matter because you're a boy or you're a man or you're a white guy or you're an Asian guy or you're a black guy. Like, it it doesn't work. It doesn't fucking work, okay? Because the problem doesn't go away just because you tell someone that their suffering with that problem doesn't matter because they're a piece of shit. Right? I mean, the White Lotus, uh, remember there was that part where the, the mom, uh, Tammy Taylor? Yeah. Uh, is like talking about her son and and her her daughters basically just say uh, and her friend are be like well it's our turn now too bad and it's like that is just gonna cause more trouble yeah it's, it's just gonna cause trouble okay I'm not saying that we owe these white guys something or that we owe these black guys or Asian guys something I'm just saying like you know fundamentally speaking when you get to the point in your culture where you're just writing off swaths of people based on their race and gender uh, to say like now is our turn and your problems don't matter because it, like leaving aside the sort of like grander aspects of justice like it just doesn't fucking work 
Like, there has to be some... Well, yeah, we still have to be a society with them, because no one's gonna come out and say, well, maybe we should just... What do you... Okay, well, then what do you want to do? We're talking, like, literally millions of people here. Are we gonna kill them? Like, you're gonna well, have to do I something think there's with them. A, I think that's can't that liberal <laughs> refusal to believe in reality. I, I think the woke dream is that these people realize the error of their ways and willingly uh, just, like, step aside and give up... But Shit. that was what it was. That was what it was until we started dealing with the male feminist. I think people are starting, have started to really understand that there's a lot of people who know how to fake it. And that there's a lot of, it's not like men don't know how to lie and pretend, you know? Well, there's a weird disconnect between things that we're willing to see as systemic problems and things that, that we're absolutely dead set on seeing as individual pathologies, right? Mm -hmm. um, like, like, like that, like this pandemic, right? Uh, there's a faction that believe that believes public health is a shared responsibility, widely distributed across all members of society, and then a faction that believes these are all individual choices, and you know whatever that adds up to in the aggregate is you know whatever is just whatever, right? Um, in this case, you know. If you're talking millions of people, this is a systemic issue that needs a systemic solution. But in this specific case, so liberals, by and large, will say that public health is a systemic issue that we all need to pitch in to help. But this one, this one, that's all on them. I, yeah, that's, a, that's a pretty notable gap in understanding here. Yeah, like, like social progressives have this very squeamish... Uh, thing to to when it comes to like sex and dating and, and romance I mean which is kind of the mirror image of what you know conservatives used to be like it's like 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 principles go out the door when it comes to sex it's like well for example if we're talking about fairness um, it's like everything in life uh, should be fair uh, but you know when it comes to whatever prejudices you might have in dating um, as long as the right groups are benefiting it's like, well, too bad. That's that's a special area that you cannot question. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's I think it's a safer time than ever now to just sort of like... I mean, the, the fear always, of course, is to say that if I hold anti-liberal ideas, that that means I'm, you know, uh, a fascist. Um, and that, But that's only because liberals have managed to inculcate this idea... That the only thing standing between anyone and fascism is them. And that's just demonstrably not true because they exhibit tons of fascist tendencies, right, themselves. Yeah, liberalism um, is basically seen as a universalist, absolutist, a very expansive ideology. Yeah, they're also like fascism with this narrow, ideologically narrow band, and liberalism is basically just not fascism. Like, as long as you're not fascist, you're a liberal. That's not, and in, you know, uh, and I'm coming to realize more and more every day, it's actually the reverse. There is a huge spectrum of opinion and that precludes liberalism as it is defined uh, in America today. Because I think one of the main things is liberalism is defined by power now, being the dominant cultural, social, economic hegemon. That is a narrow, that is a small club. Why yeah, would we think, need to fight so hard to get acceptance into it if it were an expansive field of opportunity yeah, here? Yeah, and I think it. I think it also relies upon this sort of like corporatized monopoly over anti-racist and social justice movements to say there is no valid anti-racism outside of my movement. There's no anti-racism outside of my hashtag, out of my you know my my. Uh, 
uh, nonprofit organizations. Like we are it. And that's another religious aspect of organized religion is to say, yes, there's God and you have a direct relationship with God. That's true. But in reality, there's really no way to access that relationship except through my church. Mm, yeah. You know, and I think that's what lib- that's what's going on with liberalism these days. It's, you know, don't th- I, I just think it's worth not thinking about the professed ideals of liberals because they can definitely make that sound pretty good uh, in vague terms, of course, but they can make it sound pretty good. But in, in the organizational structure and behavior of liberals and how uh, I mean, just just look up Tina Chen. Yeah, that's T the Chen with a T in front of it. T C H E N. Just look up Tina Chen. Look up Times Up. Look up uh, Human Rights Commission. I forgot the name of their chair uh, who recently um, resigned. And look at the, the the protection racket that they're running. It's no different than uh, the mob. And you know they they are they charge money to protect you from the threat that they are bringing to you, right? And so uh, what am I trying to say is that. I don't think there's I think it's a very safe time for people to um, admit that living under woke liberal ideology is uncomfortable and restraining and frustrating and maddening. And that does not make you a fascist. That does not make you a right winger. Right. All it really is saying is that you are rejecting the main ideology of America, the mainstream straight down the middle, piped into your television news channels every day and all this shit, into your movies, everything, that you are rejecting that. You know, you're not rejecting... uh, They're going to make it seem as if, like, oh, I'm rejecting the civil rights movement. Oh, I'm rejecting, you know, the end of slavery and the end of apartheid in this country and all that. No, you know, it's that's not what it is. So, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but... It, it's just for me. It's 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 just much more liberating to not worry about my bona fides vis a vis other liberal people. I don't really give a shit about what they think about me. Just yeah, just like any person who anxiety. wants to escape their church, you know. Yeah, it's uh, never it's been like cooler sp- to reject like the two. Well, it's not necessarily a two party system. It's more like the two party ideal or whatever two ideology ideology system or whatever. Mm-hmm. Never been more in so. Take advantage. <laughs> well, I have to think that it causes people a lot of anxiety, right? Because you're starting to have to, uh, the contradictions are getting wider and wider, right? And you're expected to bridge them. You're supposed to do the impossible here. And it's 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 straining and eventually it'll become impossible. And when it does, I mean, that's going to get really ugly. Uh, but at the very least, I mean, I just don't want people to feel crazy because they disagree with something. At the very, very least, I don't think that necessarily if like if 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 you are thinking Nazi thoughts, no, I'm not supporting that. But I'm my guess is that for the average person who has a disagreement with one, you know, a mainstream opinion, you have a long, long, there's a there's a very expansive field you have to navigate before even worrying that fascism is a concern, like before that pops up. There is so much more out there. I think the problem with a lot of young leftists these days is that. You know, when they, when they quote, escape the church or whatever it is that they come from, not, not all of them come from liberal backgrounds, right? A lot of them come from very socially conservative families or whatever. But, okay, you want to reject being a mainstream Democrat or mainstream liberal. You want to reject being a Republican or whatever. That the project then is to find some better church, to find some better group, find some better political ideology 
to subscribe to. And that, that, that leads to a lot of this stuff that American leftists seem to do, which is to constantly fight over whether, you know, anarchists are truly leftist or whether they're more like libertarians or whether communists are actually tankies and are authoritarians or do they, you know, are they actually committed to any sort of, uh, you know, um, Marxist anti-capitalist uh, ideology or whatever. And then they're just this infighting. And I think a lot of it has to do with not so much do I agree with what these people are. Do I agree with the anarchy, anarchist manifest, anarchists manifesto or do I, you know, whatever. But it's really looking for a place to belong and a, and a, and a, and a group to belong to so that you can have an identity. And, you know, maintain the benefits that came with the church that you left, which is, I may hate this fucking place, but it at least is clear to me where I belong. And the leaving the church, I think, is difficult because the leaving the church is not, the opposite of the, of the church is not some better church. The opposite of the church is I have to think for myself now. I have to be comfortable with what I think is right. And that's very difficult when you're also trying to navigate, well, I want to believe in a certain thing that people I like also believe so that I can be a part with them. Because the more you think for yourself, I think the harder it is to um, build relationships with people uh, without fear of offending them or getting excommunicated. Because, you know, um, most people out there are professing some allegiance to some ideology. And it's just very hard to be a free thinker now, you know? So, I don't know. I think it's worth it. I don't know if I'm a free thinker, but I try to be. And I think there's a lot of free thinkers out there who are able to disagree with each other and see things differently, but understand that, you know, this isn't us. This isn't saying that my belief system is superior to yours or whatever. It's just, I somehow, my, my, when I did the work, I came up with a different answer. You know, so sorry. I don't know if that's just too much of my own fucking. Uh, nah. We just mind dumped. Yeah, it's just very frustrating. It's just, I mean, just seeing this fucking article was just like, you're stuck. This guy's been stuck for two years. He's been writing this fucking thing, and this is what he came up with. You know what I mean? I mean, I likened yeah. it to dead end. But it's it's kind of like uh, you know, like the, the like that um. What's that movie that's like, like Top Gun? I think that's been in, like, I think the first trailer for Top Gun came out like two years ago. And for whatever reason, they've been holding it. And I think COVID happened and they had to hold it to the point where I think it's people are just like, did that movie actually come out? Nobody even remembers. <laughs> I feel like this article is kind of like that. It's like, it, it, it was kind of this burning topic. It was at the tail end, you know, 2019. This whole dialogue was already starting to die down. I mean, we talked about it. Uh, even back then as being kind of petering out. And then I, I, I think I think during COVID, it would have been a weird thing to write about. And then they trotted it out, maybe because like Shang-Chi's out. Oh, uh, my other theory is also uh, the, the Right to Sex, the book by um, I forgot first, Amiya Srinivasan's coming out. JCK's new book t- has a chapter on this as well. Uh, so maybe they're like, okay, let, let's, let's it, it seems it might be the conversation for the next month or something. Let's put it out there. But... Yeah, overall, like I, I can't even. I remember like in 2018 when this was all stuff like this was coming out. It was like, oh, it, it felt like you were in the trenches doing something. Now it's a, now it's just kind of like, oh, oh, cool, this this stuff, huh? 
Yeah, I you know it, it's the other thing is like like you know and, and we've 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 talked to like you know a lot of some of those people like JCK or whatever and it's like they're always frustrating to me in a way because it's like you know that they understand you know that they get it you know that they're pissed you know that they see the bullshit whatever it is like I think with JCK I think a lot of it is the the way that um, the material interests of immigrant Asian people, particularly poor immigrant Asians, are utterly dismissed, right? Their concerns about access to uh, magnet schools through testing uh, or Harvard, uh, not Harvard, but like college admissions being, you know, fairness in college admissions, utterly dismissed by liberals as being, you know, literally like, racist for them to worry about themselves to their material interests i think he's frustrated as fuck about that he gets it the same way we get it but the problem is that there's still this desire to have that frustration acknowledged and validated by your asian liberal friends like i'm not going to be relieved of this frustration until you get it you know until you acknowledge that 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 is real and i think that that is why they'll never really come around because they're so utterly devoted to pleasing each other you know and 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 i think we need to get over that i don't know i've i felt lucky that we've done plan a where a lot of from the start from the get-go was like we don't really give a shit what other asian people are going to say about us you know i think that has been very helpful in a way and actually won us probably a lot more asian followers than the opposite approach, which is just to say, I'm going to like be overly concerned with what a, a small but influential establishment set of Asians thinks about my ideas. I mean, mm -hmm. they're just never going to come around. It was never going to work. I exactly. Felt bad they're for, never going to come around. They were earnest people. JCK... I don't want to sound like shitting on them. They were so earnest. It's a it's a project. It's just I it's just it was never going to work, and that's just always been my take on it. Like that's not even a thing you should even shape your efforts towards because it's not going to happen. It can't. I mean, I think Wes Yang is a little bit he's a little bit black pilled for me, but you know, and I, and I think that his ideas are off, but you know, I think that he is right a lot of times. In the way he port when, the, when he says like, look, there are just certain types of people that nobody gives a fuck about, right? Uh, I think he called like you know the Mexican people that you see delivering food and stuff Morlocks, meaning like, okay, you, liberals may confess a certain sort of concern about them, but would they ever actually fucking like they run don't. in the same so social circles as these people? No way, right? They don't give a fuck about them. They don't. And uh, I think JCK's frustration has to do with how his tribe doesn't give a fuck about his other tribe. But who matters more? The, you know, the professional class. They matter more. It's them that needs to understand and get that he needs to get across the line because they're the ones who matter. And that sort of dedication, that sort of like commitment to I need to make this class of people get it is fucking pointless. It, it is, is what I've come to understand. Yeah, I mean, I'll admit I had some of that like conciliatory uh, urges, sure. you know, when yeah. we started planning. It, it got, you know, over the years got completely stamped out. Well, not maybe completely, but greatly stamped out, let's say. Yeah, because I think we realized that if you speak just some, if you just try to be the truth teller in the room, 
people will pick up on it. I mean, that may not win you a lot of, uh, you know, uh, uh, accolades among the, the, you know, the literary sect or whatever. But people are going to pick up on what you're saying, for sure. Yeah, I will say every every woman I've talked to or or have chance to talk to often, because like they bring it up first, about, you know, the stuff we talk about, Plan A, all that gender stuff, they totally get it, which I think is one of the things that's helped me just kind of put this more in the in the rearview mirror is that there's like online stuff a lot of it is a, a very select group of people with a very select like way of thinking they're often very just melodramatic about everything but I, th- I think the average person like they're not stupid like they see what we see and it's you know that those are the real people not the not the online accounts. Yeah, well, because uh, I think they're stuff. liars, right? Because, they, <laughs> but well, because they, what they're really doing is they're protecting a class interest. There's, right, yeah. you know, they're protecting their social status, but they they hide it to say, no, 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 no. You know, the reason I'm telling you to fuck off is because you're an Asian man and you are clearly have a problem with Asian women, and that is a that's just sort of like bug repellent, right? That's just like get the fuck out of here because I'm going to make this about your misogyny, when in fact. The reality here is that we have a class dif- difference. That's what right, I'm that's a that's see. a big yeah that's a big uh, that's a one big thing I, I learned you know doing Plan A that you know uh, Jess you were talking about this that the big picture thing it's not it's not some weird uh, disease like racial disease it's like actually it, it makes sense if you just step back a bit and see it happening with other people too and trying to connect you know what, what is what's going on here and I think that we're also trying to figure that out but we're definitely closer than we were when we started like four years ago yeah and i'm less angry <laughs> which is <laughs> really my main thing. goal i just don't want to be i just don't want to waste my like emotional bandwidth on this shit i, I don't want to get pissed that e tammy kim says she doesn't care about old people getting beat up i don't want to get mad at, i mean it, it when i heard it initially i was like what the fuck and now i'm like eh, that's what they're like you know <laughs> that's just what they're like what are you gonna do yeah, I mean it's it's solved for me. Mm. Yeah, this is not a me problem. This is not an us problem. I I resent that these things are dumped on us and like okay, Asian Americans, time to circle the wagons and figure out our shit. This wasn't my problem. This isn't our issue. Racial solidarity is a myth. It's a political expedient. Um, but if you want if you want me to cooperate, I'm gonna need something for it, and I'm just not <laughs> seeing it. So yeah. I'm out. Yeah. At bottom, I still think these guys on Asian identity are preoccupied with validation and seeking it, and that's why they're mad. It's 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 a human need. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 kind of hard because uh, I, I I I you know nobody really has an answer for that, right? Because the answer is how do you get over the need for validation? Well, do the things that you know uh, you're going to have to work on in order to get validated, and then you're going to not need to be validated anymore. Well, that's that's kind of a circular answer that presupposes action um and response here yeah. um that's that's not that's not helpful i do think if you start if you start trying to deeply think about the nature of the problem through the lens of what a potential solution might be then things become a lot clearer so to me i'm not as angry about some things because i recognize that some things are completely it's 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 not me it's actually out of my control um, yeah. And being expected to come up with some solution or offer up a convenient sacrifice um, to bridge the contradiction, I'm just not going to do it. So that's just a value, a stand that I'm taking based on a value. Um, 
that is firm ground to stand on. Yeah. Well, Validation from people, that's not firm ground. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times, and I've, I've noticed this for my, about myself, is that when you're angry with someone or angry with uh, a part, like almost like an idea of someone or like an archetype, it's usually because you're seeking their validation. That's why you're angry. Yeah. Right. If you're not angry, it's it's because you don't really care. And that don't give a fuck this, I think, is something worth pursuing. Once you once you realize that one, that validation will never come because structurally it's impossible because that they're not there to validate you. They're they're there to keep you in compliance because it's a mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a quasi religion. Yeah, um, getting it is the poison pill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's right. So you're not going to get that validation. And number two, you, you don't really want it anyway. You know, so anyway, uh, Chris, any any uh, last thoughts? We're at, that, wow, shit, we almost had two hours. Yeah, we went over, but I, I, I think uh, this counts as a bonus too, let's say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So you get a two for one. Yeah. Uh, all in one listen, listeners. How convenient yeah. for you. <laughs> um, I think I've said everything I need to say on this. As I said, it's, I'm kind of heartened at how kind of lack of a a splash it made because, you know, as I said, you know, three years ago, it would have been hysteria all around on both sides. But I, th- I think we have better things to do now. Yep. I think this pod will put it to rest. I don't think I have any more tweets about this stupid article than me, though. I did, <laughs> I did pop off three or four today. And I told Aaron Mack that he should probably stick to tech writing because this article <laughs> sucks. Look, I'm just being honest, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to insult the guy. I'm just trying to tell him. This is not a very good article. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Jess, any last thoughts? Nope. I think I said it all. Okay. All right, listeners. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Hope you have a great uh, rest of the week. And we'll be seeing you uh, soon. Bye, everyone. Bye, <laughs> everyone.